Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Just letting you know ahead of time that you may hear some birds chirping in the background of this podcast because I am doing it during a different time of day than I usually do. Today is going to be short, but I wanted to make sure that I got something in for you guys. And we're going to talk about just briefly about our broken hearts after the death of our children. Carrie Fisher passed away back in 2016. Carrie was best known for being Princess Leia in Star Wars, and her mom was Debbie Reynolds, who was also a very famous actress. Debbie was at her son Todd's home planning Carrie's funeral when she made the comment, I miss her so much, I want to be with Carrie. And 15 minutes later, she had a stroke and she died. Now, apparently Debbie actually had already had several strokes that year and was in failing health, and the family believes that Carrie's death was just too much for Debbie to be able to bear. And I know after my daughter Becca passed from this earth, I experienced the same exact desire. I even wrote in my journal, just kill me, God, do it now, please. And I hear from so many of you who feel the same way. We're not necessarily suicidal. We just don't want to be here anymore. We want to be with our child who's not here. When Debbie Reynolds died, even before her daughter's funeral, I saw so many bereaved mothers writing things like, why did Debbie Reynolds get to die and I didn't? Or she's so lucky she doesn't have to go through what the rest of us have to. Or I still want to die and it's been over three years since I lost my daughter. A lot of the Facebook groups for grieving parents were posting about how the world finally gets to see that having a broken heart from the death of a child is a real thing, and it is. After we lost Becca, I began to study the physical changes that deep grief causes in our bodies. And I, I want to read something. I wrote about it in my book, Come Grief Through Our Eyes, and I want to read just a little bit of that. I did not know until a year and a half after Becca's death, that a person can literally have a broken heart. It affects the left ventricle, even changing the shape of the heart, as part of the heart temporarily enlarges and doesn't pump well, while the rest of the heart functions normally or with even more forceful contractions. And as a note, based on the research I have done, it happens almost exclusively with women. It causes heart attack-like symptoms and is called broken heart syndrome, stress-induced cardiomyopathy, or uh, Takotsubo, (laughs) I never say that right, cardiomyopathy, based on its official discovery in Japan. Other names for it are transient apical ballooning syndrome, apical ballooning cardiomyopathy, and Gerbrochenes Herz syndrome. With all of those names, how did I not know it existed? So that was the quote from my book. The deep grief of the death of our child also compromises our immune system and causes our brains to misfire. 
bringing much confusion, disorientation, and forgetfulness that is scary at times. It can be so bad that many of us think we have an early onset of Alzheimer's disease. I know I sure did. It does get better after a few years, but I still deal with these things when there is a deep enough trigger. I remember one time coming out of a Walmart parking lot. I didn't even remember which door I hit. I didn't remember driving there. I didn't remember which door I went in. It was like I had no information to even pull from to find my car in the parking lot. And of course, I just walked around crying in a daze, finally eventually found my car. But from that point on, the stores that I frequent a lot, I will park in the same area every time so that at least when I come out, I know what area to go to to find my car. There are just no words to describe the suffocating darkness we find ourselves in after our child dies. And as seen with the death of 60-year-old Carrie Fisher, it doesn't matter how young or how old the child is. But you know what? I am so thankful that the death of our children did not blindside God. He knew the exact moment our child would leave this earth, and he also knew the darkness that would come over us. And in his love and his mercy and compassion, he also made a way for us to have hope and light and life again, which goes beyond the death of our child. For most parents, especially the mothers, it can take several years to see any of this penetrate through the darkness. And it doesn't help when people start telling us after a few months that we need to start getting past our grief or that we should be over it by now or asking when we're going to get back to being ourselves again. We know that's not going to happen. Or maybe they tell us, you're taking this grieving way too hard or way too far. Grief is not an event. Grief is a process, and grieving the death of our child is definitely a lifelong process. It's like having an amputation. Our daughter had her left leg amputated at age three years old because of cancer, and yes, she learned how to function and even live a full life around her limitations of not having a leg, but every single day was filled with reminders that an entire leg was missing from her body. Those of us parents who are living life without our son or our daughter because of their death have had a part of our very being cut off from us. It can take a very long time to learn how to function with that part of us missing, but it can be done. Yeah, every single day, there are going to be reminders of our missing child who was cut off from us. I wish God would just speak a command and make it all better, but it just doesn't happen that way. As much as I want him to, God has not brought a giant-sized eraser and removed the pain of my daughter's death. Instead, he is teaching me how to walk through it, leaning on him and allowing him to carry me when I have no strength. And isn't that what our Christian walk is supposed to be? You know, there's a, a line, people like to say, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And that's just not true. There's a scripture that says he won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. But I think there are times things come into our life that we cannot handle because those are the times we learn how deeply we need God. And those are the times when we can't bear it, when we don't have any strength, our, we're supposed to turn to him and let him be our strength and be everything that we need. Within these last several years, so much of my Christian theology has been challenged and it has shifted. And one of the most amazing things I have discovered in this very slow process of God healing my shattered heart 
is that peace and pain can both reside in me at the same time. I used to think that if I was in this much pain and this much darkness, that I was doing something wrong. There was something wrong with my faith, something wrong with my walk with God, because I wasn't leaning on Him. I wasn't just casting all my cares on Him. And what I discovered is that peace and pain can be in me at the same time. Pain is in my soul, and I can allow peace to rise up in my spirit. They come from two different parts of us. And so we can live in pain and have peace at the same time. It's not that I'm choosing whether or not to lean on God or to lean into my pain. It's I lean into God in my pain. So many scriptures have new meaning to me now. Not the ones that are being quoted at me like Christian cliches, but ones that the Holy Spirit breathes life into when I'm being held in his arms and I'm in the depth of my darkness and my pain. I've also learned how important my perspective is. For instance, a lot of you have heard me say this before, but when Becca first died, I almost couldn't breathe. It was like I would have these panic attacks when I started thinking about still being here on this earth for a year, five years, 10 years or more, getting further and further away from her. But one day the Holy Spirit spoke to me that I am not getting further away from Becca, but I'm getting closer to her. Every day I am here on this earth is a day I am closer to my own departure and seeing my daughter again. So let's take another look at this Debbie Reynolds thing. If Debbie Reynolds got to die after her daughter passed and we didn't, what is another difference between Debbie Reynolds and the rest of us who have lost a child? Well, we get to live. We get to live in a way that honors our child and keeps their memory alive. We get to join arms with other bereaved parents who are some of the most incredible people on this earth. We get an exclusive front row seat to the depth of God's love for us as we realize that God himself chose to suffer the death of his own son in exchange for an intimate relationship with us. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see myself ever being willing to do that. We get the opportunity of knowing Christ in the fullness of his resurrection power by also knowing him in deep sufferings. We get to know the depth of the reality that this world truly is not our home and the joy of knowing we have made a precious deposit in heaven and that deposit is waiting to welcome us to our eternal home. The pain of burying my daughter will always be an undercurrent that can explode into my life at any given moment. But so is the peace I've learned to walk in as a gift from God that goes beyond anything I can ever understand. And so is the gift of life that is still being handed to me and to you. And it's not in spite of our child's death, but it is because of his or her life. I mentioned one of the gifts we receive is to walk with other perivers. They are some of the most wonderful people you will ever meet. You are some of the most wonderful people I have ever met, and I mean that with everything in me. I want to take a minute to remind you about an opportunity you have to spend a week with a group of us this coming December. 
Do you wish you could spend time with others who have also lost a child? Just be able to take your mask off and hang out with others who get it? Would you like to get away for a few days having no responsibilities, including cooking and cleaning, and just be? Want to attend a grief retreat to help with a measure of needed healing? Do you like to travel to beautiful tropical destinations? Well, GPS Hope is joining the Grief Cruises Seminar at Sea Program, which is the only onboard programming created specifically for grieving families. It doesn't matter how much time has passed since the loss of your child or the age of your child when he or she passed. Some of the activities going on will be daily workshops with educational and captivating grief presenters, small group circles of hope specific to your type of loss. There will be a candle walk and night of remembrance on one of the decks to honor our children and those we've lost. Our group dinners will be reserved in a section of the dining room where we'll be able to sit together when we eat our meals musical performances, arts and crafts, and more, plus the live entertainment on the ship, shore excursions, and incredible food of a five-star cruise. This cruise seminar is for any type of loss, grandchildren, siblings, spouse, parents, and GPS Hope will have several workshops at this seminar specifically for bereaved parents. It's December 5th through the 11th of this year, 2021. You can put down a deposit and make payments up through September 21st, and you can get a full refund on your cabin until September 21st. Get all the information, including the itinerary and the prices, at gpshope.org cruise. If you sign up through our website, you'll also be helping us continue providing support and resources for grieving parents because GPS Hope will receive a portion of your seminar fee. So go to gpshope.org cruise for all the information. Let your family and friends know about it. And Dave and I hope to see you in December on the ship. I really do hope you check out the cruise. Don't just pass it off, but check it out, gpshope.org slash cruise, and that you sign up and join us. It's going to be a good time. Let's go ahead and get to our birthdays this week. We have Andrew LaPlante, who was born on May 27th and is forever 24. Kyle and Honoria was born on May 30th and is forever 11. We celebrate the day that these children came into the world and into their families. It's always will be an important day for all of us. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced on this podcast, the week of his or her birthday, I would be happy to do that. Just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays just submit the information and we will add you to your child to the birthday segment at some point I made a conscious decision that while I'm still here I refuse to let my daughter's death keep me from living I refuse to live in a shell waiting to die and be with her I have fought 
and I will continue to fight to have a full life, enjoying those who are still in my life and doing my best to walk out the calling on my life to embrace other grieving parents in their pain and be a light of hope in their darkness. It is possible to live beyond the death of your child. There is life after death, both for our child and for us. After all, bringing life from death is God's specialty. So remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.